Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. We're going to look at Profit Number 8, uh, Profit versus Blood Strike by Stephen Platt. Before we do, I want to remind everybody about Cartoonist Kayfabe's comic book Christmas in July event, the last Saturday of July. We are asking our audience to stock all those local lending libraries, the little neighborhood libraries that you see that look like uh, deluxe mailboxes. Put some comics in those things. We know readers go to these places. Uh, let's introduce them to some comic books. A lot of our audience are creators who have comps. Spread those comps out to your local lending libraries. And uh, a lot of us have doubles as collectors. It's pretty common. So put some of your better comics out there for uh, hopefully to attract some new readers to this comics medium. And uh, stick a note in those comics where they can find more comics in your area if they like what, they, what you've stocked. Um, let them know about the local comic shops. If your library has a good graphic novel section, put a note in there. Or if there's a bookstore where you get your graphic novels, um, let everybody know where they can find more of what you're supplying in those lending libraries. And that is Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July. Let's start a new event along the lines of Free Comic Book Day. Make some new comic book readers. We also ask everybody to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that notification button, the little bell icon next to the subscribe button. That'll let you know when we post a new video. You'll be the first ones in line for the kayfabe effect. If you see something like profit number eight that you want to add to your collection, you'll be the first one looking for it at your local shop or online, wherever you buy these back issues. Uh, sometimes they disappear. Sometimes the prices soar. You might be okay with profit number eight. I think there's a lot of those out there, but you do want to be uh, ahead of the kayfabe effect whenever possible and let these videos play through to the end that allows YouTube's algorithm to share our videos with other comics fans who haven't found cartoonist kayfabe yet it's how we grow this channel and we appreciate your help on that and now Ed back to Stephen Platt profit <laughs> I think he's at his plattiest on uh, some some of these covers like when you investigate his work uh, you realize that we're talking about the work that he draws and inks himself um, it might be about 60 pages. Might might be it's less. It's not very much. I, I think it's two issues of Moon Knight. It's one issue of Profit and various covers. And this is a late period uh, Stephen Platt. Like, I think he's inking this completely. Mm -hmm. um, and it's that's late for him. You know, like, he was, he was dealing with, like, Marlowe and those guys. Uh, but he's also pushing... He's pushing his shapes and stuff into uh, inconceivable... <laughs> like this is this is you know Tetsuo. In, fa in fact, in fact, I kind of want to put you on the spot, Jimmy. Oh boy. And I I just I want you to pull out just a basic structure. <laughs> like like what what are we looking at here? I'm imagining it's two arms doubled over, like yeah, like, yeah. like holding his trunk. But if you could just for me, <laughs> maybe you need a sharpie. Maybe maybe you need uh, this. Just show me like where both of those arms are. What's the back? This is hilarious <laughs> because it is, it, as you start to break this down, I think it does get a little bit complicated here, but nonetheless, uh, a good exercise for anatomy, anatomists out there. Yeah, I was admiring, there's a gigantic back muscle right here that I, I think- So that's a lat? That's, that's a kayfabe lat, I okay. believe, and it, okay. is, it is large, preposterous. And then I think there's an extra muscle right here. This would be like your traps normally, but in this case, this is your trap. Yeah. So that's your trap going into your deltoid here. And uh, these two muscles back here, I'm just not sure about. And then, yes, you're right about the two arms trying to kind of hold in that middle section. And as far as I can tell, that's your arm setup. So just 
hands inside of there and uh, a little bit tight. Not, not sure how easy that is, but as we're going to find out in this issue, he needs to hold in those guts. Yes. Th this is a brutal fight. This is a comic. I don't think I picked this up whenever it was originally published. And so I've read it like within the last 10 years, whenever I started kind of buying this, rebuying some of this 90s stuff is when I actually read this issue. And when I read it, I remember thinking like, this is one of the most brutal, like crossover fights ever. Yeah. And uh, it'll be fun to dive into that. I brought Bloodstrike because this is part one, although they don't actually fight in this issue. Um, here's your creative team. You can pause that for a second. Carl Ostatter, I think, is noteworthy. He did a book called Q Unit at Harris that I think was pretty heavily promoted. I would say, I think there was an Ashcan and Wizard or Hero oh, magazine. Yeah. He also, I believe, spent time in Extreme Studios, Wildstorm, or Homage Studios. It might have been Homage at the time, but Jim Lee's studio. And I think maybe even Top Cow. I think he floated through all three of those studios. So kind of noteworthy for that. And I think at this point, you're doing the uh, what we would see like Herb Trimpey doing at Marvel when it was like, you know, imitate this popular, these image guys. I kind of feel like that's what he's doing where like, I mean, is he 20 heads tall? I mean, that's that's an 800 pound chiseled uh, physique there for, for profit. And it's just big, you know, like, like I think that's the name brand of the storytelling at this point. But these guys don't quite fight. They just get to the point where they meet. So the fight's about to start and that's all reserved for profit. And uh, and we'll dive into that. But a couple of back, back pieces that are probably worth mentioning um i like this blood strike whenever they switch from team to this this character version i thought that character version always looked pretty cool get some fan art and then uh chap yape profile oh, yes. Tw only 21 years 21 old 21 dude and has like i don't know 10 comics under his belt already he was 19 years old like that's what that's why like i hold him in such high esteem and i look up to him so much because i was 12 and he was 19 and it felt so close like if you just work your ass off like you might get get a shot you know so like he everybody always like laughs whenever i see his name or whatever and i i you know uh exclaim but that's the value like like it was a very hopeful thing to me i don't know what all he did because like war child is what he's talking about i think that was like six issues or so maximum press might have published it yeah and i that's about the last i know of him so he burned bright and he's one of these guys, like, you would see young dudes show up in one of these studios, yeah. and then they would sort of, like, do a little bit of imitating whoever studio it was, and then blossom into themselves. Because he's so young and did so much and was good to begin with, imagine if he'd have spent 10 or 20 years in comics, like, totally. where his style would have gone. Because totally. he was pretty strong. By the time he finishes War Child, one of the more impressive guys to come through uh, extreme, in my opinion. Yeah, these guys, they get they got addicted to the money, and, he, and he's, he's a, uh, you know, he's a worker, like... This guy's got a family and stuff like that, and he's a supportive family, is used to a certain income. Like, one of the things with Chap Yep was, was the uh, the um, Entertainment Weekly blurb that said something like, you know, comic book rookie stands to make $250,000 in his first year. And it implied that that is what comic book rookies make. It wasn't like it's a special thing, but that this is when when comics were crypto. You know what I'm saying, man? And, uh, and, there, and, and, and there was money being spent. Wait, comics were crypt? <laughs> money was being spent and investments were being made. You even hear uh, in our shoot interview with, with uh, Rob Liefeld how he's talking about, yes, paying Alan Moore $20,000 a script, $40,000 every Friday is a good investment for him. You know, yeah. like they thought about that stuff in, in these terms. And Chap will go on to do... Um, 
the Heroes Reborn. Like, he's on Avengers. That's right, yeah. And then uh, he goes away, but what is crazy is uh, some years, like maybe the next year or something like that, it's not a comic, but it's an advertisement in comics. It's for Vans, and it's a... Uh, it's like a cyborg dude jumping at you and like the feet are coming like extremely foreshortened and, that, and that's chap yep and i feel like that might be his very last comic page because he's in animation like just like jeff matsuda you'll see their names pop up at the end and one of the um funniest things at the beginning of cartoonist kayfabe when we're doing when we're doing uh wizard coverage specifically and stuff and i'm talking chap yep this that blah 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 uh it was john fam who who hit me up about something maybe it was like when we were talking zurich grant something like this and I was just going through, he hit, hit me up on Facebook, and I'm just going through um, his pics, just seeing what he's up to. And he's putting on these uh, cartooning workshops for kids with, with it's like, it's like, here's me and Chap, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, you do cartooning workshops with Chap Yap? <laughs> and he's like, hold up, he's Chap Yap from Team Youngblood? Like, I know that dude. Like, and, and he didn't like know his last name or something like that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I always this, thought this was this was uh, something to note too. A Rob Liefeld character sketch, very loose s sketch of this Link character. Kind of fun to see that uh, worked out. Yeah, it is so loose, like the line work and stuff on his feet and you, the outline. You would see that in in like all of his characters' designs, like the the cable one and stuff like that. This is one of those things, like this is how deep it goes. People, Young Blade issue number zero. Uh, there is it's a backstory, right? And you see a character Link, and he's got like a brown outfit. Uh, and you never see him again until Extreme Sacrifice. And they bring him back with that blue costume looking like Shinobi. And um, the very last submission that I sent to Extreme. And by the way, this is like Extreme's almost done. If he's yeah. working on War Child, like that's Maximum Press yeah, is you already. See Maximum Press. Yeah, that's already in effect. So Extreme Studios is fully going away. But like my last submission that I sent to Extreme Studios was this Link versus Cougar <laughs> in, a, uh, in, a, in a jungle setting. Also, this is like the... If you cover his head, it's almost long shot. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> um, this is the era where there's still a speculator boom. Like, there's still a lot of stuff going on. They're probably still making money. Um, and every regular comic shop was sold out of, like, these extreme sacrifice issues. It was a big deal. Yeah. I think it was, like, the last hurrah for, for, uh, for Rob Liefeld over there. And I had to go to that Allentown Bakery, which was, like, a legit bakery... <laughs> That had a diamond account, and they just had you know some, so some dusty books in the, like a, a broom closet, and you know that was their comic shop. And I was able to scoop up my uh, the extreme sacrifice issues that were not that available at Phantom of the Attic or. We'll uh, we'll show this now while you're talking extreme sacrifice. I really love this piece of art. Me too. This is another one of these like Rob Liefeld. I think he's inking himself with a and marker. There are lines here that just don't appear. Like if you look at the line around uh, Supreme's head and stuff. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comics that Ed Piscor and I make. Red Room trigger warnings. The second season of Red Room, all self-contained stories, issues one to four, now available in comic shops everywhere. Red Room, the anti-social network, the trade paperback collection of the first season of Red Room, now available in comic shops everywhere. Minus 28 countries where it's banned and 10 comic shops, but you can still request it there. And coming in September, the collection, the trade paperback of Red Room Trigger Warnings will be in stores in September. You can pre-order that now at your local comic shop or online wherever you buy your books. Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness in comic shops everywhere. The 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. I am writing, drawing, 
lettering, coloring, the grand design treatment, retelling that 60 year history. And you can now pre-order the Hulk grand design oversized treasury collection, uh, about 40 extra pages in that. It'll be in stores before Christmas, but you can pre-order it now in your comic shops or in your bookstores, wherever you're, you buy comics. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. These are lines that really don't appear in Rob Liefeld work, and I love them. Mm -hmm. I, I wish there was a book that looked like this. Yeah, it's just total. It's a, it's like a con sketch. Yeah, you know, like 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 the mainstream artists would call this like a, like a convention sketch, and it's it's a one weighted micron pen or like a Copic fine lighter or Statler or something like that, and he's just drawing in the feathering, you know, like by just making jagged lines. It's quick and stuff. It looks extra crazy with the computer color on top of it because we've been conditioned to see this kind of computer color on top of like Danny Meeky, Scott Williams, you know, thick and thin type artwork. But but yeah, he would have a lot of this like for the Extreme Sacrifice Prelude issue, the cover would be a double page spread and it would be one step above this. Like he drew this in 10 seconds. Yeah, I like it. Me too. I, I, I love again, it. Again, I wish there was a book that had this whole... A style yeah like this face man is so cool all right <laughs> well we're here to uh to actually look into this this fight scene um stephen platt already mentioned him at the top as the penciler bob napton wrote both pieces here not a lot of life felt like in the credits i don't know if he was on maybe a hiatus or was totally working on that extreme sacrifice at this point but um not as involved like plot or anything with with these issues and uh inker marlo alquiza you mentioned Platt only, I think he only inked that profit number five. Mm -hmm. So um, not ideal, but pretty good. Like there's there's quite a bit of uh, line work on here. So we're not skimping on that part. Yeah, yeah. Man, the amount of veins and shit, it's just nuts. Well, yeah, I mean, the motif of this issue is try to understand anything. That's true. That is 100% true. And right away, man, we're like swinging knives at faces, <laughs> blood everywhere already. We went from they're just facing each other in the previous issue to stuff has already transpired. Like, they're covered in blood already. Good choice to have that, like, green putrid fucking mutagen from the sewer. Yeah, I was going to say, worth noting that these open wounds are happening in a sewer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be good. You're going to need some penicillin. And already, like, page two, we're trying to drown Bloodstrike, holding him under the water, while, like knuckle spike knife going in and out of him yeah and it's just so because like the water is like this like bean bag or something like it doesn't feel like it's the water has sharp edges too like everything <laughs> it feels like he looked at jay lee's young blood strike file and was like oh yeah i can do more jagged edges than that look at the way this arm is shaped it's just you can just put your circle template around there it total it's an ovum uh this is also where um Platt starts drawing these kind of fat faces where, where the eyes are maybe like four eyes apart <laughs> in terms of space in between. And they're these big, chunky, like almost square heads. Even, uh, you know, Prophet's hair has that spike happening. Yeah, he just, it's it looks just like a cactus. You, Dude, the quads, that's the biggest quad. Th these quads are immense. Oh, yes. And whenever he kicks Prophet off, runs into like the pipes on the wall now sticking through him. Yeah, I remember watching those old, like, Jet Li, like, Wu-Tang type movies, and it would be, like, the tiger pit or something, push a dude back there, and then just <sighs> blood shooting out through the middle of this. Good luck figuring out, like, 
what word balloons to read in what order. Oh yeah, forget about it. I like I like we pulled this out. I didn't I didn't try to even read it. <laughs> some uh some unfortunate tangents here, like the knuckle line on the knife, on the on the hand, the fist, but even Prophet's reflection in the knife, it's just so intense. Like And and you know what? Props for you. You yeah, cause I'm just like, okay, that's a panel break. But no, that's a that's a knife. <laughs> It looks it's the same shape as these panels by the way which yeah. is that a happy accident what what's yes, going on there Yes it's a happy there? accident he's not designing pages <laughs> he's not he's not putting your golden circle grid on top The motif on this spread is not knives you know like <laughs> each of these panels has that kind of uh, angle to it um it constantly goes back and forth too of like no knife in Prophet's hand here but then we've got a knife down here uh -huh. that, he, that he's throwing out so these are coming and going there are knife edges coming out of blood strikes the back of his fist almost like the Wolverine blades but one gigantic triangle shaped knife and the blood splatter behind him on the wall I have to this say, is outlaw shit. I have to say, man, uh, abuse is the 180 degree roll. Big time. <laughs> There's a lot of abuse going on in the storytelling of this issue. <laughs> And uh, your knife is finding its home here. As it cuts Bloodstrike, it looks like it cuts him in half. But good news, he's not dead yet. We're going to get a couple more pages of this battle. Another version of the holding in your guts gimmick. Yeah, absolutely. And it really seems like you need it after this. That was cool that he cut the, the bullet belt, though. The bandolero gets cut in half as part of the... Uh, you know, the ramification of sticking a gigantic machete through the guy. Still has the pipes sticking out of his chest and stuff, though. Yeah. And now the story, I believe, is he's pulling the knife out of his guts. And he's going to use that now as his weapon. <laughs> also, like, the spikes that just line his arm for... Yeah, you would think that he's also cutting his own leg. Exactly. A couple of times. Yeah, in fact, I don't think you could even do this move without stabbing your other arm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've never done a panel border like this, and I love it. It makes sense for, for that kind of moment. Absolutely. This is another one of these pages. I believe the way you read this is this, this panel that does cross your gutter, and then across here, yeah, and then across here, I think. <laughs> this is the stuff that would drive those old-timers crazy. Oh, yeah. I would love to see this original art in black and white. Like, yeah, me too. Like, you are not seeing... When they talk about, like, spotting blacks... It's like there's just a black area up there, a little right there, and it's like almost all the same value. Like, good luck to the colorist. A lot of speed lines everywhere. This is our circle motif page, too. This is like Steranko's Outland, I think he's paying homage <laughs> to. <laughs> and a lot of verticals, you know, with the with the sewage kind of seeping. <laughs> By the way, no, no, uh, this is good storytelling. No profit on this page, right? Profit <laughs> has fled. But luckily, he's left a blood trail, which disappears once he gets into the tunnel, even though it looks like it's very pronounced, but allows Bloodstrike to uh, to track him through the sewer by following the blood in the water. So, <laughs> like a shark. So, so butch. <laughs> they also cut back and forth on these captions. They are inner monologues between Prophet and Bloodstrike. And Bloodstrike's worrying about dying and not knowing who he is, but somebody named Lily will hopefully figure it out. <laughs> I guess just pure white, huh? Interesting. Yeah, I guess so. Work. That would be a fun one to see the original of because he would really pop. He would. If that's a white background. That would actually work pretty well. Stretching the chops of uh, extreme color. Yeah, it makes me wonder because there are a bunch of these little tiny circles if you look closely. So I don't know if those are color holds or if this would have been uh, also white and then added by the colorist. Yeah. But if that's white, like I think that's pretty kind of strong. Or our pal uh, Michael Cho went to went to school with uh, Stephen Platt in Toronto, 
and said that uh, one of Platt's big influences, like in school, is Ralph Steadman. And Steadman has like a lot of uh, spatter and things. And you see a lot of that here. So Blood Strikes, most of this inner monologue is trying to figure out if he's uh, playing possum, if he's faking it, or if he's near death. <laughs> a lot of words for that. Yes. Bob Napton really chewing up the scenery here. <laughs> he plays one hell of a corpse. Quite the cliffhanger page, too, as uh, Bloodstrike is descending. But guess what? He was playing possum. Pulls out a pipe and impales him. We're going pool vaulting, people. Skewering the dude. This is pretty good, right, for a superhero fight? Oh, look at those legs. <laughs> <laughs> that leg's massive. But why have one impalement? See, this is like Jennifer Connelly at the end of Requiem for a Dream. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, the, I do know what you're the saying. The deleted scene. <laughs> We got that going on with the fellas. It's great. Prophet's really trying to drive this home, and Bloodstrike's like, no, no, game's not over. Stabs him back. Now they're fighting, both impelled on a pipe. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're getting close enough to kiss. <laughs> yeah, Lady Lady in the Tramp uh, spaghetti scene here. <laughs> yeah. Got some extreme perspective as the two are uh, locked together in, so, in Mortal Kombat. It's the most that Stephen Platt ever um, like taped down his uh, <laughs> stuff into like rolled out perspective grids in, in his uh, comic book career. Yeah, totally. Just absurd. I feel like this is such the spirit of extreme comics. Maybe the most extreme. Yeah. Yeah, like actually like put, putting that title to the test. Getting snixed put in there. Some, <laughs> some Wolverine acknowledgement. It's so Wolverine-esque, that gigantic machete. Might even be an improvement. Sure. Take, take You know, what would make Wolverine more hard-ass? If it was a machete that was coming out of the back of his hand? I mean, these guys are super close, super far away, so it really is. They're penetrated and moving like this. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly <laughs> what they're doing. And swinging at each other with knives they're whenever they get close enough. <laughs> I love it's just like the airbrush red everywhere. And uh, they're almost dead whenever the, the subplot, the guys that are coming at them, What's his name? General Wargame is, uh, I guess, the, the mastermind behind this macabre scene. This turns out it's a three-parter. I had no idea there was a part three. But I think this concludes our Prophet Bloodstrike fight. And then part three, presumably, they're teaming up. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the way these crossovers go? I actually don't have Bloodstrike 16, so I'm adding that to my, uh, I guess, request from Kayfabers to send in a Bloodstrike 16 so I can see how this thing ends. <laughs> but, but I... You, you can't tell what anything is there. No, no. At this point, you really can't tell. Or at least the colorists can't tell, right? <laughs> because I think this is the edge of profit. This is another one where, like, bust out the magic markers and let's diagram what we're seeing here. But the coloring doesn't help because you're just bleeding in from, like, his lat into the uh, the, the gigantic quads of our no-name guy. With the uh, Weapon X mask. Yes. That's carrying him out of there. Absolutely, man. 16 pages of comics you got. That's less than Marvel in the 70s. One less than Marvel in the 70s. Look, there's our, our guy, Stephen Platt. He's got a fucking headshot. Yeah, man. That's 90s comics, dude. You know what's funny is Life Out, I feel like, still looks younger. Oh, totally. <laughs> it might have been, man. Who knows? So, that's it, but I, I do feel like that's your most extreme uh, comic that you're going to find in, in the image history of extreme comics. Yeah. Uh, Keith, Keith Giffen back here, Jeff Johnson and Dan Panosian 
Robert Lauren Fleming all working on Supreme. I think this might have been a Supreme annual, like annual number one. I do know that uh, that Giffen would write some Supreme. Like that was definitely a, a comic that that uh, Liefeld put investment into. Man, you know he he would get Giffen to, to write it for some time and and get like the best talent that he could muster in terms of comic book storytelling. Uh, it, it, it was always divorced from like this kind of extreme stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was different. It was a classier extreme. That said, there is one guy who like draws some stuff in the teens. I think his last name begins with a P that is almost plat-like. Like, I forget his name. Uh, I don't even have the issues. I just I just bootlegged the comics and was like, holy fuck, who is this guy? Huh. He's never talked about. And you don't ever see those comics, uh, even in the quarter bins. But there's there's like... There's a guy that's never talked about from Extreme that has like a really wild style that's not far from this. Interesting. I'll have yeah. to check check into that one. Yeah. I don't know if I have any of those issues or not, but uh, I'm sure I can I can find some examples online if nothing else. Yes. But uh, this is the last issue I believe of the first Profit series. Uh, no, it's not. Um, there, there's 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 like ten issues because like issue nine is a uh, white cover profit yeah. up there uh and then there's issue 10 which is the extreme sacrifice that's so funny and then that'll be it because they're already advertising like the ongoing that's what this is the quest begins explosive first issue that's why i thought it was uh, that's funny as fuck because <laughs> they call it the profit miniseries <laughs> well you know what it is man it's like it takes him a fucking million years probably to, to draw that or something yeah it could be yeah well you know like these guys like they were flying by the seat of their pants. They really are. It's so chaotic. Like, how could you keep up even if you were trying? Yeah. But man, the veins, <laughs> the, the shell casings, the swords. Ridiculous. There's even like a grenade being thrown in there. For good measure. Yeah. That's, that, that's incredible. another soul plat piece. But yeah, the plat covers are really something. I think I have a portfolio of his. They're like little kind of like mini size and just randomly found it in a, in a 50 cent box. A portfolio of Stephen Platt at digest size. I can't even imagine. <laughs> like, let's let's. You'll need that point one micron to uh, diagram the images that you see in there. Yeah, it's uh, it's mostly these cover pieces, but man, I love them. I'm surprised there was never a collection of this stuff put out. I gotta put this back, man. Make a call back. It's so good. I think you cracked the code, Jimmy. <laughs> Look at that thing, Tetsuo Kaneda. It's sound. You can see his anatomy is, is, is pretty sound. <laughs> I just got to add the uh, the quad size. <laughs> Those quads are really impressive. Like Mr. Schuster, my history teacher, man, he could pull a uh, 900 pound leg press. Look <laughs> how little his face is. Too. Yeah, 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 that's the best. <laughs> Hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> Good to go, Jimmy? I am. Kay Faber's. Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July is the last Saturday in July. We are going around town and stuffing those free little lending libraries in town full of our comp copies, our doubles, and whatever other comics we can cobble together to help sow the seeds of uh, future comic book reading generations, man. Uh, you can like, follow, subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available. Jim, what do you have out there? Hulk Grand Design Monster and Madness are in stores now. And Hulk Grand Design, the Treasury Collection is available now to order. It's on Previews World, so start telling your local comic shops that you want a copy of that. It'll be out in time for Christmas. Uh, I designed it. It's the best comic that I've made so far. I'm super excited to share that with everybody. And probably, man, I must have made 50 changes from the, uh, from the print edition 
from the comic books to the collection. So there'll be a lot for us to talk about as that book gets closer, but you can order that now and join me on patreon.com slash jimrug to see more of my comic art. Red Room, the Anti-Social Network trade paperback has been in stores for some months now, collecting the 2021 season of Red Room comics. Forthcoming is the Red Room Trigger Warnings trade paperback in September, collecting the 2022 season of Red Room Comics. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit uh, is four issues plus 50 or more pages of, of back matter and extra materials in that trade paperback. Uh, it's banned in more than 28 countries. It's banned in more than 10 comic shops. So you may need to go to the link tree in the description below to order and pre-order current and future Red Room Comics or hit up the Patreon uh, for three bucks. Uh, you can get the entire archive and I put up new strips every Tuesday and at a certain point uh, the comics on the Patreon uh, come out before the, the, the printed material. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. It's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jimmy, given those marching orders, we'll be on our way. Read more comics. Of the extreme variety.